On this week's podcast, we have Nita Lurd. I'll let her pronounce her full last name for you, but she is a top-tier business consultant, mindset coach, and former Fortune 500 executive with more than two decades of experience in marketing, business, and human psychology. Her consulting and coaching business centers around exceptionality, a key factor in her own success. She helps high-achieving and purpose-driven coaches, consultants, experts, thought leaders, and service providers become a category of one by discovering and utilizing their ultra geniuses, and two, creating groundbreaking offers that solve clients' problems in an innovative way, and three, using a short and long-term marketing strategy that magnifies their thought leadership over time. She's the author of One to Millions Entrepreneur and host to the One to Millions Entrepreneur podcast show. She also has a master's and a bachelor's degree in business and marketing and is concurrently completing her research for a PhD in social psychology. She's a professional certified coach through the International Coach Federation. You're in for a treat. She's got lots of good nuggets for you, so stay tuned. But first, I need to tell you about today's Marketing Essentials Moment, the basics that you need to help you build your brand and your bottom line. I'm gonna talk about event promotion. We've been working with a lot of clients lately talking about how to get their events out there, how to get the best attendance, especially now in this COVID pandemic world, post-pandemic world, wherever we're at right now. It's an interesting time for us to do hybrid events where it's in-person versus online or both. So thinking about the things that you need to do to continue to be able to get the results that you're after when you're promoting an event. So let's look at this. Uh, So number one, think about how you're going to promote it, who you're going to promote it to, who's your target, who do you want to have show up, right? Either it's going to be on screen or your butts in the seats, right? Who is it that you want to get there And how are you going to attract them, right? Raising awareness about your event to your target audience. We want to make sure that you get the right people in the room, right? And that way you can improve the chances of getting those people there that make matters that you want them to be, right? So in expanding your uh, attendees to people that maybe aren't necessarily familiar to your business, generating leads to convert those people into paying customers uh, eventually, if that's what your goal is for the event, maybe it's a nonprofit event, maybe it's a workshop, whatever type of event, maybe it's a a sporting event, right? What can you do to build those relationships with like-minded people in your industry that you want to see there? So promoting an event, getting creative about how you can stand out and get out above everybody else that's got all their events going on right now too. Make sure that you optimize your event registration page. Make sure that people can easily find it. You have multiple buttons, places that people can get your tickets. Have it be mobile responsive. So most people are using their mobile devices to register events. So make sure that it's going to look good and be visible and legible on a mobile device. Make sure you include your call to action. Make it simple, actionable. That way users can easily see it and make sure that they can get to that event. Make sure the images that you're using will evoke that emotional response and in in alignment with what you're wanting to accomplish with that event. Images with, with smiling faces, people, you know, people buy from people. So if you can show images of people having a good time at your event, maybe you need to use some stock imagery if you've never had the event before. And by the way, the first time you have an event, it's your inaugural event, not your first annual. You can't have an annual event until you've already had it. And then it's an annual event, second annual, that kind of thing. So the first time event is an inaugural event. <laughs> Just a little pet peeve I have. Also thinking about 
the speed of how your page is going to be optimized, load times, making sure that, you know, the the page is optimized, your images are small, but yet still legible and clear and not pixelated, all of those things, because slow loading speeds will put people off, you'll lose them in a heartbeat. And of course, using good SEO to make sure that your keywords are optimized and relevant to the what people would be searching for. And then of course, test everything, see how it all works. If you send out emails, test the subject line. What's the open rate? What's the click-through rate? What have people done? How have they got to your event, right? So think about all of those things. And then while you're optimizing, making sure that everything that you're doing is working. Then think about how your event's going to lay out. If you use the agenda that people want to see the start and stop time of when you're going to be there, how much time is lunch included, is breakfast included? Well, all of those little details that people want to know. And sometimes that entices people just because of the venue that you're using or the, the food that you're serving. And then, of course, publishing content from the speakers. If you have guest speakers and you are wanting to showcase or spotlight them, make sure that they're well known and who they are gets out there, right? Maybe somebody hasn't heard of the speaker before, uh, but you want to share about them because they're really awesome and they're a leader or they're a thought leader or an expert, whatever it is, make sure that people understand who the speaker is and what value they'll gain from attending your event, right? And then think about if you have VIP or other special offers or, you know, upsells or add-ons that you can do to help increase that exclusivity, right? People want to be a part of something. And if you can do an exclusive discount or some sort of deal for a a specialty group of people that you want to invite, and maybe do a promo, limited time offers, an early bird offer, uh, you know, just thinking about how you can entice and get people's attention in order to be able to get them to the event. And then, you know, other things that you can do is do a pre-event swag bag, send them something, especially if it's online. Maybe if it is, uh, if people are attending online, send them something in advance, get them to talk about the event and maybe other people will want to join up with them as well and watch it with them or even come and attend. And of course, swag bags at the event are always great too, because people always love that kind of stuff. Uh, Thinking about, you know, just different things you can do, right? Maybe it's a jump drive loaded with all the specific event information. Maybe it's custom name badges and custom lanyards or, I don't know, phone, tablet, screen cleaners. I don't know. Just things that people can use that they're not just going to throw away, right? And of course, everybody loves t-shirts. Who doesn't love a free t-shirt or hoodie or some sort of thing? Branded earbuds. I don't know. Think about the things that you can send to people in advance. You know, if, if they are working from home, maybe they need some some coffee or some, you know, things that they can do to get comfortable while they're watching you on your show and present that. Um, Sometimes we've had people send like Grubhub or DoorDash to the people who are attending online. Just make them feel special and then they'll talk about it and get involved and engaged with you. Do some giveaway tickets or, you know, invite a friend and they can come for free or something of that nature that still continues to get that response that you're wanting. So giveaways or, you know, enter for a chance to win, those types of things. And you can track all of that through email and social media. And then, of course, always tracking that progress, understanding your analytics, looking at everything that you're doing, the event page, how many people have come to it. All those things can really help you in continuing to promote your events and and then do it again next time, right? Look at all the things that you've learned and then identify what to stop, start, and keep doing and understanding what's working, what's not working. Those insights and data points will really help you in the future as well. So when you have that second annual event, you'll know what you did and how it worked, right? 
And of course, continue to create awesome content for that event promotion. If you have a Facebook event, post inside that event, right? Do a a lookalike campaign to continue to get that message out to people who are already interested or maybe wanting to come to that event. Upload sneak peek videos, do a pre-event little, uh, you know, soiree to get people excited about the event. Maybe you can have your speakers do a pre-event kind of gathering, even if it's just a, a half hour Zoom call or something of that nature to get people excited about it and talking about it. Do doing, you know, those videos can really help because people people will watch video and they'll watch the subtitles on the video if they don't turn the audio up. So doing those little sneak peek videos can really, really help. And then, of course, preview the event and and kind of give people an understanding of what what they can expect and anticipate what they're going to do. And then launch a podcast related to the event. Uh, podcast interview the speakers. That's what I just did for an event that we have coming up. I interviewed the speakers and, you know, we've got some hot shots coming to this event and I got an an opportunity to interview them on the podcast and then share that out with the world and get that out there. Right. And then of course, use some advertising to promote that event, boosted posts, LinkedIn messages, Facebook event, you know, all of those things that you can do to continue to help you promote your event uh, in advance. And then do follow-ups and reach-outs to people that you really want to make sure that get to that event. Sometimes a phone call is worth even more than anything else that you're trying to do. So set aside some time to actually reach out and call people or text a message to them. But that can be super, super helpful in getting people interested in your event from a personal invitation uh, to, you know, have have them come to that event because then they feel like they can't miss out, right? Fear of missing out. We don't want them to to feel like they're not going to get value from this event. So we want to reach out to them and continue to get it in front of them in many different ways. We know 11 to 13 ways uh, you have to get something in front of somebody before they'll act on it in some cases, right? It used to be only five to seven, but now because we have so much distraction, so many things going on, you have to do these things in order to get in front of them and then continue to understand your audience what kind of things worked. Ask them, how did you hear about us? What made you come? Why did you get here? What was it that compelled you to want to come to this event, right? And then leveraging the the audience of event partners. So maybe it's the venue or the location or other people that are you're hiring to help you with the event. Have them leverage and help share the event too. Your employees can help. It gives a whole new meaning to shareholders, right? Your employees can be the ones who share your content now. (laughs) And also, don't forget the value of your past event attendees, or maybe your partners have past events that have attended before. What can you do to get reach those people that have come to your events before? Because then they know the value of what you bring to them. If you've never had an event before, then you've got a lot more work to do, but you can leverage the partners who've maybe already had events with you and, and then partner with them and have them be a sponsor or a part of it, right? Create branded hashtags. That's another thing that you can do in your social media for your event. Branded hashtags can help like with uh, the event, the name of the event, uh, anything that you can do to continue to get it out there and make it easy, rememberable, memorable, and consistent with your brand and and then the title of the event as well. And then of course, use word of mouth marketing, or I like to say world of mouth marketing, right? Help accelerate that word of mouth by putting it out there and sharing it. And of course, recording testimonials and things like that will super, super help on the second annual event. And then collaborate with other 
niche influencers. Maybe there's people that you want to have at the event that they might help you share and spread the word and then they get to attend for free because of it. Or maybe they get something special because you're leveraging their audience just as much as there are so that you can have those brand ambassadors out there promoting the event with you for you. And then, you know, maybe think about some insider stories that you can share on social media, some personalized stories of the people that you know that you've invited to speak at the event or something of that nature. And continue to build an engaged group with the event attendees, right? Maybe it's a pre-event, a group that you've created and the people that are going to attend the event, they're a part of the group, right? They become a part of the group and you can have them continue to talk about the things and then having as a follow-up afterwards where people can continue to network and be a part of it. So anyway, that was your marketing essentials moment, the basics that you need to help you build your brand and your bottom line. Now let's get to it. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Peppershock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest is Nita. Nita, you have to say your last name for me. Yes, it's uh, Lerd Prasopsuk, or people can call me Nita Lerd. Very good. Thank you so much. And welcome to the show, Nita. Thank you so much for having me, Ray. It's an honor to be on your show today. And uh, I was really looking forward to meeting you. Oh, thank you. So let's tell our audience a little bit about you and what you do and your background. Just share a, a little more about you. Yeah, sure. So my background was in Fortune 500 companies. You know, after I finished my master's degree from Sydney, I joined L'Oreal. I worked for Unilever, lots of the global brands. And then after a couple of years, I discovered that, you know, corporate world was not for me. So I started my own business. So I've been running my own business for 15 years. I'm currently a business consultant and a coach. So um, I'm a certified coach and I use coaching um, to help my clients. Um, But the main role that I play is I'm a business consultant and I do done for you services for uh, my clients, which are coaches, consultants and service providers. And I focus on marketing differentiation to help them uh, discover their niche and, you know, invent a new category and a new way to serve their clients find innovative solutions so that they can uh, reinvent themselves and become a category of one. And that's essentially what I do. I love that saying, uh, niches are riches. (laughs) Well, if you say it niche or niche, either way, I guess people from different parts of the world say it differently. But I love I love uh, how you can help people differentiate themselves and what they do. So tell me maybe an example of something that you've done to help somebody uh, through this process. Yeah, well, it's a, you know, I can talk for hours and hours about the process <laughs> that we, we do because it is a very robust, uh, very, um, you know, long process, but we love what we do. So it involves a lot of research and deep dive interviews with clients and, um, you know, my clients' clients, their past clients, their current clients, their ideal clients, you know, and then we, we do deep dive interviews with their whole team, with their employees, and we do research um, on the industry that they are in as well as um, new industries that they might be interested to explore. Um, through those interviews, what we do is we also listen and look for their unique strengths, you know, um, 
every entrepreneur, every business, they do a couple of things very well, right? But then there are some things that are very unique to that business that they can do particularly very, very well compared to all the other competitors. So that's kind of like your secret sauce, you know, how restaurants have those like special recipes, something like that. So um, we go in and we do all these deep dives. We, we, we dig all for, for the clues, you know, like detectives. And we um, come up with ideas and ways to strategically position them um, by looking at the gaps in the market. You know, like what's missing here? What's a problem that no one has even thought about solving? Or maybe the way that they're solving it is not quite, you know, not quite great, you know, and, you know, there's a better way to solve this. There's an innovative way to solve this. So actually, we can do this with almost every single industry, because in every industry, there's still a problem, whether it's a lack of quality, the lack of solution, the lack of, you know, many things. So Lots of lots of people think that, well, no, there's no problem. There's so many competitors out there in my industry or in my niche. Like it doesn't work for my niche. Right. But that's not true because there are a lot of competitors. Yes. But there's not a lot of um, competitors that are paying attention to quality and being unique and offering a better solution going the extra 100 miles. Right. And that's like the blue ocean strategy. That's where you should be. You know, it's yes, it's going to take more work to get there, to find it and more effort from you and your team. But it's so worth it when you when you actually discover that it makes business so much more easier. And, and you know, lots of people actually, you know, fall out of love of, with their business. But then when they go through this process and they discover their unique place to be, then they can fall back into love with, you know, fall back in love with their, their business. So cool. So tell me about a particular company or journey that you took somebody through that made this happen. And, and then what happened as a result? Yeah, well, um, I'll give you an example of, for example, there's this uh, coach that focuses on coaching executives. Now, um, the main purpose of coaching in, in her, in her niche is that she's kind of like a career coach. So she coaches um, executives so that they can advance in their career. And we looked at her offer and try to find what was missing. You know, what were the, all the pain points that were going through um, with her CEOs or pe people that wanted to be in the, the C-suite and wanted to be the next CEO. So these were people that had the potential, but they didn't know what they needed to do, that they had to have you know, executive presence, they had to build um, a profile, they had to have social media presence, they just had to put themselves out there, right? And lots of them were like introverts um, and you know, not so social and didn't have the connections that they needed, right? So what we looked in, when we looked in that market of uh, career coaches that were coaching executives, most people were just focusing on writing resumes, you know, trying to get them a job. Um, they might be working on, you know, self-development and leadership skills and things like that. Um, but what we discovered that it, with these the people that wanted to be in the C-suite and CEOs, they had more challenges than that. You know, they had many more other challenges like preparing a profile. Uh, some even had challenges, you know, 
with their, the way they dressed, the way they presented, like presentation skills, the way they communicated, the type of language that they use. You know, when you're a supervisor and you, um, you know, when you, you're climbing up the ladder in the corporate world, there's specific way of communicating, you know, as you, right. you know, start to be in the C-suite or CEO role, it requires a different kind of language. You know, you need to be this person that talks about vision and big picture, and you need to be able to empower people and, you know, paint that vision for, for all your followers, right? And it's a very different way of communicating um, than when you were starting your career, when you were in mid-management, for example. And, you know, there was just so many challenges. We listed at like, you know, more than a hundred. Oh my, um, wow. That, yeah. that someone have because we really dig into the details, right? Mm -hmm. um, we don't want to look at just things that are obvious. We want to look at things that are, you know, the, the the small things, you know, but it could be a big problem for them, even, you know, if someone perceives it as a small thing, but it could be a big thing for the clients. And so we created and invented like this whole kind of offer, like a one-stop service for people that wanted to be uh, be, be in a C-suite or become the next CEO. Mm -hmm. And it integrated lots of um, pieces that was just not like personal development or leadership skills or things like that. So they didn't have to go anywhere. Like, you know, we created this offer where, you know, you just come to this person and you just work with her on all these six pillars and 12 things. And you know, you, you just keep growing. So there were many things like elements, for example, a lot of CEOs didn't know how to network. So she mm -hmm. had to actually help them with finding connections and getting to know other CEOs and getting to know people in other, you know, big, large companies and just putting themselves out there, getting them on stages and networking with, you know, important people like CEO, people that were, you know, well-known in that space, in that industry, for example. So there's other things as well. Uh, we could talk for hours on this, but <laughs> basically the idea is to look at how can we make their lives better with our solutions? Yeah. And sometimes as entrepreneurs, I think we're just, we're like the fish in the ocean. So we, we can't, we don't, can't tell what water looks like because we're actually in there. And sometimes when you've gotten really good at something, you just think it's going to be easy for the client and you don't realize what the problems are. You know, what are the problems that they are actually going through? And they themselves don't know either, right? So our job is really to know what their problems are, even when they don't know what it is. Right, right. It's becoming that detective and digging in. So, okay, how for you, what are some marketing tactics that you take to help you promote your business? Tactics. Well, um, I, I like to get on other uh, podcast shows. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just started by my, my new international podcast show. Uh, I have um, one show, which is in Thai, and I'm starting another show in Thai as well. Um, I love podcasting and um, other uh, platforms are like social media, which is super important. I'm actually an introvert, but social media is very, very important, right? As you know, like this is the work that you do too, right? Um, is Instagram and LinkedIn is where I share my content. Um, I am more of a kind of high quality and maybe I don't focus on volume, but I focus on quality. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, 
I know like it's a strategy to kind of post every day and post often. But for me, I think for me, it's more important if I spend time writing a piece of content that is, um, you know, high quality, like, for example, an article and I share it on Forbes or Entrepreneur Magazine, for example, um, I, I, I spend my time trying to make quality, like, produce quality pieces um, and try to connect authentically with, you know, my followers or people that, you know, in the DM and um, yeah, uh, those, those, those are my main marketing platforms and I use um, what is called like maturity assessments and reports. Um, those actually generate a very high quality um, customer base and quizzes. Yeah. And webinars, workshops, mm-hmm. all those good things. Sounds very busy, very, very much to do, but it seems like it's producing pretty good results for you and, and what you're doing with your client base and, and where you're going. Where do you see yourself in five years from now? Well, wow, that's a, that's a good question. Well, I run two businesses at the moment. So one is uh, the business consulting and the other one is I run a coach training school for people that want to get certified um, by the International Coach Federation. And, you know, I'm that type of person that I've always said that I cannot do just one thing. Like I, <laughs> I need to have variety. It's just like, I don't know, maybe it's a personality thing or something, but I see you nodding. Maybe you're, you're an entrepreneur. So of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the, like, yeah, they say entrepreneurs are starters. Like not, we don't like to finish as, as much as we like to start. Right. Absolutely. It's the <laughs> yeah, Well, problem solvers, we want to look at all the problems in the world and we want to solve them all. Right. So I have like, kind of like two two or three projects in the pipeline that I hope to, um, to start and, you know, grow within the next five years as well. And it involves education. It's not like super clear what it is yet, but I want to disrupt the education system. And um, the other thing is leadership. You know, there's a a big leadership problem uh, in companies, right? We know that statistically 85% of people are not engaged and not happy with their work, with the job that they do. That's like, that's terrible. That affects your relationships, well-being and everything. And so, you know, these are the two problems that are like, it means a lot to me, you know, if I, I got a chance to solve it. So um, apart from growing my my current two businesses, I really want to get my hands into you know the other two as well. So that's kind of where I see myself in five years. Excellent. What's something that you wish you would have known before you got started into this space that you're in now? Yeah, I think I wish I knew that. I wish I knew that the power of um, your ecosystem. You know who you hang out with who your mentor is, who you surround yourself with. I think I got into business like when I was around 25, 26. That's when I left corporate. That was, I was quite young at that, age, at that time. And, you know, I didn't really know much. My parents were not entrepreneurs. I had no background, but I was always an entrepreneur. Like I would sell, sell like stationery to my friends at school and things like that. You know, <laughs> ideas would just pop up, you know, um, but what I, as an introvert, I, I just really never thought about this, this element of, you know, knowing people who, you know, your network is your net worth and all that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think, I think that's something that is super important. And, um, I listened to one of your, your episodes. I don't remember the name, but it was, um, what's his name? Um, 
Christopher. Christopher, Christopher Kai. Kai. Yeah. yeah. And he was yeah. talking about this as well, right? Like the power of network. And I know like some people are just geniuses at this thing, right? They're just so, so great at making connections and, and, and networking with people. And that's something that I'm learning at the moment and I found the power in it. So that's definitely, you know, creating those strong and, and long-term relationships, like meaningful, authentic relationships with like-minded people. Definitely, I think for lots of introverts has been something that they, they really want in their lives. Um, but it's just like, they're not great at this by nature. And so they have to learn how to do it. And that, that was definitely me. Yeah. I think that was, that's the main thing that I wish that I knew like 15 years ago. Just like your social media strategy of focusing on quality, not volume, just the same as, as in relationships, right? Not necessarily the volume of how many people you know, but who you know and who can, you know, impact your life. So I, I think that's a nice little correlation there and keeping it consistent in real life and on social media. <laughs> so speaking of mentors, who's somebody that has really shaped your career, your, what you do? Who's been a mentor to you and why? Well, I, I have lots of teachers and lots of, um, we could call them coach or consultant or mentors. Uh, and I think, you know, you, you can't have too many, you know, like you can have a consultant, you can have um, a coach, you can have like someone that works with you on the mindset, some that are more focused on the strategy, um, something like that. Um, I, 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 I have a, a mentor, which I don't work with um, now but he's been a dear friend he used to work with um tony robbins um and he he he's an enneagram teacher i don't know whether you've heard of the enneagram it's a personality uh -huh. type. yeah so he, yeah yeah he, he teaches the enneagram and he was like um he, my my first few you know teachers that were teaching was teaching the enneagram for me and for me to understand that you know my personality type is a type five. So it's like the nerd, the expert, the introvert. And it's a kind of like one of those rare personalities that you, know, you don't relate to the rest of the world. So I basically grew up like, you know, not understanding why I was so different from other people. And I would just, you know, the daily things that people would pay attention to. For me, I just like, it made no sense to me. You know, I, I would think about like the universe and how like human brain works and something like that. So I was like, not the social person at all. Right. Um, but I feel that uh, he has really helped me understand uh, my personality type. And like, I teach the Enneagram as well. And I teach, I, it's one of the tools that I use with my clients, but yeah, I feel that when you have a mentor that really is authentic and kind and, you know, really gets you, I, I feel that that that's a really meaningful relationship. Yeah, no, uh, I have definitely had my staff go through all of the different, you know, strength finders and Enneagrams and, you know, all the all the different uh, <laughs> tools and things. I'm a type three. I'm an achiever, by the way. <laughs> I'm a type five. Um, uh, yeah, I'm the quiet expert. <laughs> in investigator, right? Like, yeah, you, wanna, you seek knowledge. And, and, yeah. <laughs> the researcher. And like what I found out, yeah, it kind of makes sense. You know, it was always like as a child trying to, trying to analyze people's minds and explain the universe and how it happened and all that <laughs> yeah well and I, I wonder because sometimes people score high on both I also scored a little bit higher on the challenger <laughs> yeah yeah it's quite common yeah. the three to the eight 
But it was fun to, to kind of do that with my staff and understand how they all operate and communicate yeah. and how their personality types are different from mine. And as a leader, right, you have to make sure that the people that you're working with can, you know, that you can get along with them and work with them and kind of kind of meet in the middle to where they are versus where you are. And I do, I have introverts, extroverts. I have, you know, all kinds of spectrums that I work with as far as, you know, from, from right brain, left brain to, you know, all of those things. And I love, I love it when we get to use tools like that to understand, you know, the Myers-Briggs, like introvert, extrovert, all of those things. And it really does help paint a picture. And when new people come on staff or new people come to a team, then they can automatically sort of get acclimated on how they are too and how they fit in as well and so yeah Yeah. it's a great tool I love I love that so so you so you coach on um the Enneagram what are some things that you've seen or found that have transpired as a result of people taking these assessments well I think they're very what's the word is enlightening and it really helps people kind of like wake up to the reality you know I'm, I'm certified on the Myers-Briggs too. So it's like another tool. I always, I, I had to use the word force. I always force all my clients or people <laughs> to join my training to do it. Even mm-hmm. if it's like not a personal t- development uh, program. I just feel that, you know, for, there's so many reasons to use it. And for one, it's for me to understand you as a client. And so that when you do different things and have different behaviors, I can understand and explain it and help you better. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely think that it's, it's those tools that, you know, when people see the results and they, you know, they go through each dichotomy and type and it really lets them understand themselves, their thoughts, their feelings, their behaviors. And they understand that it's not the reality. It's like a personality filter. It's like you were born with this, this uh, programming like Mm -hmm. and the reason you feel like this is not because it's real it's like it's a it's a personality filter right and um it increases like empathy you know and decreases judgment so you understand other types you know we all have this this um belief that you know other people other people should think like we do they should act like we do and then when they don't we judge them right like my mom is a perfectionist so she's a type one I always say that it's like the total opposite of the type five (laughs) but like when I understood the Enneagram and I understood she's a type one it really really helped me develop the relationship and understand her and that you know the way she's talking or speaking her perspective her point of view it's coming from like that type one perfectionistic kind of um personality and like it's it's it's, it's not wrong. It's just different. And we, we start to notice ourselves too, how we can be annoying for other people, you know, with our, with our personality, right? Like, for example, the type five might start to like explain a simple question and go in, you know, the rabbit hole and, you know, deep dive into other topics. And, you know, if people that are listening aren't interested, they can get bored, right? Or they can get confused, for example. So I think it's a really, really great tool for, you know, self-awareness and improving relationships and self-development. I love it. Let's uh, change gears and talk about your book that you've written, One to Millions. Um, I want to know just the kind of the premise of of what it is and share with our audience, you know, what what value they would receive by reading your book. 
Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a kind of like a guide for coaches, consultants, um, experts, thought leaders, um, service providers. So it's kind of like a why book, uh, a why, like W-H-Y, why book, like kind of like gets you to start thinking of the big picture and how you can, if you're successful with your business, you can make much more impact with your, with, through your business. And you can, for me, I became who I wanted to become. And back then I didn't even know who I wanted to become, right? I just you know, arrived here and then, wow, this is where I want to be. This is who I want to be. And for me, the business was the vehicle for me to do that. And that's, that's kind of like part of the message. It's about like one to millions entrepreneurs about your voice. It's like your one voice impacting millions of people. And I mean, I don't mean that literally, you know, but I do kind of mean that literally as well. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, and I'll explain it. It's like, say you have, you impact 500 people, but then those 500 people are going to impact, like, we know that it's like each person knows around 250 people um, on average, right? So it's going to be like, you multiply that 500 with 250. And then those 250 of each person are going to go and impact 250 each, right? So we all actually create a ripple effect and it's, it is really million people, millions of people. Mm-hmm. Right. And I believe that, you know, if you have a talent, if you have a skill, if you know something that the majority of people don't know, you, you have that moral responsibility to, to put that, that, that knowledge out there and, and tell the world about it and serve people. And yeah, that's, that's mainly what the book is about. It talks about mindset. It talks about, you know, some of my personal stories, some of my clients' stories. And yeah, it's a why book for, it does talk a little bit about strategies and things like that as well. Um, but yeah, it's mainly a book that will, it talks about things that I didn't know in the beginning as well. And, and the things mm-hmm. that I learned about, um, things that I wish I knew in the beginning. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I, I wanted to, to pass that on to other people that are, you know, whether you're already successful in your business, you want to make more impact, want to grow your business or, you know, people that are just thinking about starting um, an expert based business that would be good for them as well. And speaking personally, where are you calling from right now? I have to share this with the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm calling from Bangkok, Thailand and it's 2.30 a.m., but I'm a <laughs> night owl, so I'm, I'm totally awake at night. My brain wakes up at night, so it's all good. Well, and you seem to have clients here in the United States. I mean, so this might be a normal time for you. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Because, like, um, you know, it's very normal for me to, for example, like 3 a.m., be doing a podcast interview or 4 a.m. I'm having um, a client session, workshop. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's totally normal. Um, but it works for me because I, I'm a night person and it like to work with people from the other side of the globe, it's their morning. So it's perfect. (laughs) Truly is international for sure. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And isn't it great what the world has done now? I mean, the silver lining because of the pandemic, now everybody can connect with anybody using, you know, zoom or meetings or whatever. So it's kind of a, it's that's, I guess that's the treat out of all of this. If we had to put anything, you know, (laughs) silver lined on it but it's true I mean now we can connect with people from all over the world and I love it (laughs) yeah I think that's one of the main realizations that people had through this pandemic as well that really there's no there's no no barrier there's no you know there's no wall you can you can connect with anybody anywhere I think we should be so grateful for the technology that we have you know it's just Mm -hmm. amazing 
Well, speaking of connecting with you, uh, Nita, how can people get a hold of you? What can they do to reach out to you? Well, you can DM me on Instagram, Nita Lerd, or uh, LinkedIn. It's um, Nita Lerd Krasopsuk on LinkedIn. I'm sure you're going to put the links in, so <laughs> nobody yep. needs to write that yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs> um, or, you know, you can visit my website. It's um, where we redoing our we're putting up a new website soon, but it's uh, people can go and do a quiz at needaler.com. We have kind of like not a, it's a personality type assessment, but it's for entrepreneurs to find out their entrepreneurial edge. It's uh, related to their personality. Um, and some, you know, we, we, after you finish it, you get kind of like a blueprint um, for creating your success. So I if anybody's it. interested in that, that's uh, available. You can do, go do that as well. Um, I love yeah. fun quizzes. I'm going to. That'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah, let me know. Um, let me know what you got as a result. I will. I think that's yeah. great. And we'll yeah, we'll drop some links in the in the show notes and everything. But uh, thank you so much for just sharing your time and your knowledge and you know your expertise with us and uh, your book and everything. I think there's a lot of lot of good nuggets here for people to glean from in their own marketing journey as they go through this. So thanks, Nita. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ray, for having me on your show. Absolutely. And for those of you listening, the best thing that you can do for us is give us a review or a share or a like or whatever it is, whatever platform you're using. Uh, those certainly help us get the word out and share episodes just like this one with Nita. And until next time, enjoy the journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.